Speaking of getting booked, this podcast is about one thing, getting booked to speak more. Whether you are an established speaker or a newbie, we want to see your career take off. Hundreds of speakers are hired every single day, and you are next. Let's jump in with your host, Matt Browning. Hey, 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 welcome to season two of Speaking of Getting Booked. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Browning speaker, trainer, uh, speaker, speaker. I go on stages as often as possible. I love stages. I love speaking. And I know you do too. So with me today is someone who is more than, I don't even know how to describe this person, more than a dear friend, uh, more than a business partner, and more than an amazing promoter. She's just a, a phenomenal human being. Jen Koffel is also the CEO of Engaging Speakers, which is a membership-based leading organization that helps train entrepreneurs and speakers to speak their way to more business by getting booked on ideal stages. They also have membership um, groups all over in different cities around the US. So we want to talk with Jen today about ways and secrets that you can get booked more. She's been featured on Inc.com, ABC News, the Chicago Tribune. Um, and she's been mentored by speaking icons, people like Jack Canfield, Nick Fuchichik, and Sandra Yancey from eWomen. And she's spoken on stage to over 10,000 people at once. Jen, hello. Hello. How so are you? I'm doing great. I'm so I'm so excited to finally do this. We talk pretty often, not as often as I want, but we talk pretty darn often. And to get time to sit to a podcast is almost, um, it's heaven sent. So I'm glad to be here with you. Um, I want to uh, just kind of jump in real quick and ask you, can you explain a little better than I did what engaging speakers is, what you do as CEO and, and uh, what as a speaker, what we should know about this organization and organizations like yours. So anywhere you want to jump in on that would be great. Absolutely. So I am super passionate around, about helping entrepreneurs learn how to use speaking as the most powerful marketing strategy out there to generate business and to really be able to make connections and find your ideal clients, highlight your expertise in a classy way. And so our organization does a couple things. We build communities of others that have that same desire that really want to use speaking to grow their business. And we teach them how to do two things primarily. One is how to do a 30 second introduction that will cause people to say, wow, I really wanna connect with you more. And we put people in hot seats. And so they'll have the opportunity to speak in front of our community as long as they're willing to be coached and sit on the hot seat and have uh, two speaker coaches one of them I, I, I'm sharing and teaching them about like how to structure their content so that they're more concise. Cause I don't know about you, Matt, but for many people, including myself, it can be harder to speak for 30 seconds than it is for 30 minutes. You really have to be concise and, and be effective in what you're sharing. That's so true. You know, I, I find the, the shorter the stage time, the more yeah precise you need to be, the more intentional you need to be, even scripted uh, to an extent for sure, right? And you call it the 30 second wow. Can you, yes, let, let's just jump into that a little bit. So how does the 30 second wow, the, what we used to call elevator pitches. I hate that term. I don't think exactly. it really works. Ditch the elevator pitch. <laughs> Thank you. Ditch it. So using what you call the 30 second wow, this is, you still, even if you're not pitching, you still need to introduce yourself in a powerful way. And the result should be the listener. If they're a promoter like you or like me, they should think, Ooh, this person should be on my stage. So can you talk a little bit about how to position that and, and just Absolutely. get into that? And, and so the 30 second, wow, we are teaching people how to, first of all, 
you know, I, a lot of people struggle with what title to give themselves. You know, sometimes they try to be super creative and even saying what they do for a living. And that can be confusing. I don't know if you've experienced that where you've listened to people do their 30 second introduction and you're still wondering at the end, like, what, what is they it that you do? Right? <laughs> and so yeah. sometimes they're fun, funny, not funny. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sometimes their creativity gets in the way and they are not really clear because they only have 30 seconds to talk. So we teach them that you want to be really clear. And you also may want to start off with something more interesting than just like, hi, my name is Jen Koffel, you know, and this is what I do. Um, you may want to start off with a question or something that kind of creates some engagement. So we, we teach about that. And then we teach them, yes, make sure you say your name. I can't tell you how many people forget to even say their name. And then make sure that you're clear about what it is that you do, like a clear title of what you do. And then what are the prime, like, you know, what you and I talk about, Matt, you know, in our um, 10X program, but this is something we bring into the 32nd is what is the headaches that you solve for your ideal client? So what, what are the pain points, the struggles that you, the main struggles that your ideal client has? And, you know, sharing that, like I help mission-driven entrepreneurs that struggle with generating leads and making sales. Okay. That could be one quick way to clearly articulate. Did you say uh, that what, again one more time? Just a little slower. I want to make sure we get like, cause that, that was yeah. so, it was so few words, but so impactful. And that's, I know one of the, one of the keys to this. Sure. So I could say something like, hi, my name is Jen Koffel. I'm a business coach international speaker, and I help mission-driven entrepreneurs that are struggling with generating leads and making sales. I said that slowly in about eight seconds, but now you know my name, you know the, I, the ideal client that I serve, mission-driven entrepreneurs, you know the headaches, primary headaches that I solve, struggle, who are struggling with generating leads and making sales. And so really quickly, I got that out there. And that was eight seconds. And how often do you like at engaging speakers monthly meeting or other groups like that, whether it's a practice group like a Toastmasters or a networking group like BNI, how often do you do you see kind of a range of how much time someone's given to introduce themselves? Is it about 30 seconds generally? It's 30 seconds most often. And then sometimes a minute. And when you're given a minute, we recommend sharing a story, a success story. If you have a minute, then you would share a story that would really be because stories, as we know, it's speaking, it's the way that, you know, it's the most powerful way to communicate the most engaging. Amen. Every speaker should have a story. What does Les Brown say? Every, every story should have a point and every point should have a story. There you go. Totally agree with that. And so the, the key that, you know, we want to communicate in that hot seat coaching is you want to be concise. And there, there's these key content elements that should be part of your 30 second introduction. Like I was saying, like some kind of more interesting opener. And like, you know, for example, I might say something about wanting to, you know, might ask a question about adding six figures or building six figures this in the next 12 months. And, you know, how many is Jim Coffell? I'm a business coach and I specialize in working with mission driven entrepreneurs that struggle with generating leads and making sales. And then you go into what is the results that you bring? Because people, are most inspired by the results that you bring. I mean, the the problems that you solve are how you're building rapport and connecting, but the um, the results is what actually attracts them to want to actually connect with you because they want those results. So you're, you know, kind of causing the people that are listening to you to say, oh, I have that problem. I'm struggling with generating leads or making sales. I can, you know, that might be for me, but then when you say the result that you bring, then that's where they really, then get connected to, oh, I want to talk with you more potentially, right? As long as 
you're not reading it. You actually are engaging. I mean, there's a lot more to it from a delivery standpoint, but what I'm just like talking about right now, Matt, with you is the content pieces. Like what are the, what's the structure? Yeah, I love that. So we're talking when you're going to introduce yourself and I know you see it this way and maybe you could expand on this a bit, but anytime that you get to open your mouth in front of a group of people of two or more, I call that speaking. Absolutely. Now you, you have the platform and look, you might not be the main speaker. And this is why this is one of the, one of the things that we teach, obviously in our 10 X advantage speaking program is how to take the stage. Because when you're, when you're the featured speak, say you have a hundred person networking group, when you're the featured speaker on stage, you're the one that they came for. You're the one that's the quote unquote celebrity or the influencer or the person that they just want to talk to. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a social dynamic thing. However, even if you're not the main speakers, so that's the primary objective, right? Is to get up on the stage and you be the one they came to see. But even if you're not, and they're going to go around and have networking groups or what you do in engaging speakers chapters, I love how you, you'll break out um, when, you know, whenever you're meeting live, you'll break out into smaller groups of how many people like eight or nine or something like that. And, yeah, and everyone that. has that chance to connect. Absolutely. And, and so when you're doing that, you're still remember taking the stage and you got to own that space for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, whatever that time frame is and treat it like a speaking gig. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to fit in? So I heard Jen say, uh, depending on the time, uh, what headache do you solve, right? What's your, your brand of aspirin, so to speak? Who, who do you help? How do you help them? Who you are, the name of your business, have you ever heard people say their name and the name of their business too fast? I just popped in my head. I was realizing how many times <laughs> I hear someone say, hi, my name's Matt and my company's blah, 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 and I help people. And I go, I, I literally, you have the stage, but I didn't even catch. You sped up through the name of your business so fast. So that's just, I'm going to jump in with a little piece of advice. And I, I know we'd agree on this is just take a moment and like say it. And then slow it down and realize that you're probably speeding up because of some feeling. You know, it's not how you talk. It's probably a feeling. So slow it down and own it and know that they've given you this space. So you should share who you are. Absolutely. There's so much to this 30 seconds. You know, there's getting what you're talking about too, right? The the speed at which you're sharing it, your delivery, even the fact that what you do for a living is something that is really around your core genius, which we can talk about that more because I think in terms of speaking and getting booked to speak, that is foundationally the most important thing that you really are speaking around your core genius. And it really shows up in this introduction as a first step is that if people really feel that you are authentically standing in your truth and doing what you love to do, it's gonna be, it's gonna come through you. It's gonna emote through you. So as you're sharing, as long as you've practiced and like this 30 second intro is be, should be something that you've practiced over and over again so that it can just flow out of you and, and you have it memorized so that it's really, the only thing you're changing is the call to action at the end. What audience am I in front of? I might not be in front of an audience. Like for example, engaging speakers, we have people that are there and they're wanting to learn how to speak the right more business. And they, they might speak on a specialty, right? That the majority of the members of engaging speakers are not their ideal clients. However, they're all entrepreneurs that are wanting to use speaking to grow their business. And the call to action at the end of that 30 second intro might be something related to, and I'm here today and would love any connections for, you know, maybe an opportunity to speak with, and that they share with their, who they're looking to speak in front of, then they can make those connections and be referred out as long as, again, they're coming across clearly and what they do, the problems they solve, the results they bring. And Hey, I'm looking for speaking opportunities to this market. If you have any connections, I would love the opportunity 
to connect, you know, so that's where you're starting conversation. So it could be that when you do a 30 second intro, depending on the audience you're talking in front of, you really want to think about this, like, is my ideal audience here? And if it is, then you might give your lead magnet as your call to action, some free giveaway piece, or you might offer, you know, it, it's really being thoughtful about this audience that I have. What would I like to have happen coming out of this 30 second intro? What would I like to see the audience respond with? Whether it's a referral, like if you're looking for a power partner, let's say you really know who your power partners are and you know that you're looking for connections with other personal trainers or website developers or whatever that might be, you might do your 30 second intro. And today I'm here and I would love any connections with any website developers that you know, or any personal trainers that you know, and share why. And if you have any connections for me, like, please, you know, message me in the chat or, you know, if you're in virtual meetings or if you're in person, like that is a really powerful way to use your 30 second intro. It doesn't always have to be about, you know, growing, finding your ideal clients. Cause oftentimes you might be in rooms where your ideal clients are not there, but there's other people that are there that could bring you to your ideal clients or make a connection to a power partner or connect you with a meeting planner and speaking on a topic that you speak on. That's a brilliant distinction that. Um, like you don't have to always be trying to sell like everybody you're in front of because yeah, yeah you, you might be going, Hey, cause I've heard people speak and I go, man, this is not up my alley. Um, say someone talks about addiction recovery and they're trying to get booked on podcasts and shows. And I go, well, I have the driven entrepreneur. I have speaking and getting booked. Those aren't a good fit, but we launched a podcast is doing really well on the charts called, um, Oh, we launched two shows for one of our, our clients. One was college success habits, but he also has a podcast called from sobriety to recovery, Jesse Mogul. Right. So when I hear someone say that I'm always listening to, Oh, who can I connect them to? And that's a huge piece that some networking groups teach, but just be aware that if you get clear on it, then you can actually ask them for it. Hey, Jen, I want to pivot just a little bit because um, this is gold so far. This is how, how do you show up? How do you do a 30 second introduction? The, whether you're giving a lead magnet to get clients there, whether you're talking about what a need is that you have or how you can serve someone. But what I want to talk about now is you book speakers all the time. You've booked speakers for your conference. You just had a conference with uh, Trisha from The One Thing, Gary Keller's book. You had Jack Canfield speaking. So you get big name speakers and you also have, and this isn't a judgment, but what I would call the no-name speakers, people that are good at what they do, but most people haven't heard of them. You book speakers for conferences. And then every single time you have a chapter meeting and the, you know, the virtual meetings in between, and you're always booking a speaker to bring value to the audience. Could you share... What do you look for first in a speaker that's going to come to one of your chapter meetings? What are you looking for? And are there any red flags you're looking to not see? Absolutely. That's a great question. So first of all, it's really, you know, what you were just talking about, about your podcasts that you have, you know, might not be the right fit. So I'm looking for topics, speakers that speak on topics that entrepreneurs would be interested in learning about. So engaging speakers, we teach entrepreneurs how to speak their way to more business, but we have guest speakers come in and talk about any topic really that would help an entrepreneur grow their business. And so that's first, I'm looking for people that are experts at what they do and they speak on a topic that my community want to, would be open and, and want to learn about because that's going to, again, fill the seats and, you know, fill the virtual meetings with, you know, because they're looking forward to getting that content. And having a guest speaker is just part of what happens in our, in our engaging speakers meetings. Like you mentioned, we do networking and we have this hot seat coaching, but yes, we have a speaker. So that's one thing I'm looking for. And once the topic is right in terms of what it's about, then I look at what are their talk titles. So again, that's super important that they have great titles um, that 
I believe my audience would be interested in, oh, that sounds good. I'd like to learn more about that. And then one, and, and, and I'll just share a few things. Like when you asked about red flags, you know, if they're, if their bio isn't written well, that's a, a red flag. Cause that makes me recognize that potentially they haven't had a lot of speaking experience if their bio is, is not really well-developed and they don't have a speaker intro that's separate from their bio, that's another red flag. And then if I have that scenario um, and the topic is really good and I have had a conversation with them, I also will ask them for a referral so for somebody that has heard them speak in terms of like, what am I looking for? Just to make sure, like if some of those flags are there, like maybe they didn't get that training or they don't have those things implemented yet, but they still could be a great speaker. They just don't have some of those collateral pieces that are, are important. And to your point, we do bring on people that are, are great speakers, but maybe they're not as well known yet into our chapter meetings and giving them those opportunities. If you had to say what was like the number one thing or the number one value that you're looking for out of a speaker, would you say, like, how, how would you list that in order? I, I find it interesting that different promoters have different uh, values, needs, and desires, and none is better than the other. But sometimes a promoter says, hey, I, I'm really looking for someone who's a name who's going to draw people to come in here. Some promoters say, I'm looking for someone who, who's a really good teacher who's going to bring a topic and an expertise. Some people are looking for someone who's going to be a promotion partner. Like I, I've been on stages where they're like, yeah, you can speak. As long as you email your list and you put Facebook posts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there, there's more they're yeah. looking to, and I'm, I don't mean that in a salesy way. It's like they're looking for collaboration partners, right? Right. Um, a lot of virtual summit hosts do that where they go, hey, we're going to run this virtual summit with 20 speakers. And it's not like they really care what the speakers are talking about as long as it's in the same vein, marketing yeah. or business or whatever. But they're really looking to say, hey, all of you need to promote this summit and we're going to do it together. And hopefully if we all do it and we get people, we'll have a bunch of people here. And that's a different kind of speaking gig than, you know, getting paid to show up or showing up for free, making an offer. Kind of how would you order? And I know I'm asking you on the spot, but how would you order yeah. like your priorities of what you look for as a promoter? Um, I look for value and the topic and if they're in, an engaging speaker, those are the two primary uh -huh. You need them to be an engaging speaker. I yes. love it. I love yes. it. All right. Awesome. What are a couple of things that we can do as speakers to, and I want to get into the, a new topic a little bit, cold reaching out to you. Everyone I've ever had on this podcast so far has said they want to build relationships. You know, you network, you connect with people, get to know me, you know, don't be spammy. And I think that hopefully guys, y'all get that by now, right? Don't be spammy, get to know people, um, relationship capital, really invest in people. But the question I have for you, Jen, is say I didn't know you and I come across you and I go, wow, she's really cool. This engaging speakers platform would be a great place to speak. So I am coming from it initially from, I want to get booked there, but I also have other desires. I want to help you. I want to create value. What are some tips you might have about how to reach out cold to you and not come off the wrong way? Like I want my real intentions to come out. I want you, you don't know me yet, but I want you to know that I'm a good person and that I actually care. And I'm not trying to be transactional and being relational. So what are some tips to reach out cold? So you, I don't know, again, so, it, and, and you can give us either one, like, how do you like to be reached out to if you've never met someone? And do you have, you can do this anonymously, but do you have any horror stories or terrible pitches or, you know, some people who reach out a certain way and you just shake your head and go, what are you doing? Either way, I'd, I'd love to hear just some 
cold reach out advice from you? So I would say in terms of reach out, you know, that it's somebody that comes with a spirit of giving and not taking, and you can feel that. And there's no, I mean, of course I'm teaching people how to speak their animal business. So I have no problem. In fact, I want to support, you know, if they're engaging and they're bringing value to my community, I want to support my community connecting with them further. So for, for sure, um, that, that, that is an understanding. Like I get that that's, they're using speaking as a way to grow their business. And so I'm wanting to support them in that, but it's more like their attitude and their, their mindset around looking at like, get to know the community, you know, come to a meeting and get to know the community and then approach me. I think that would be ideal because then they know a little bit more about the culture. Sometimes I'll have people reach out and then, and I won't give them an offer to, even though I think they might be a, a great value added you know, topic that they can bring in terms of speaking to my group and they may um, be very engaging. I, I first want them to come and experience a meeting so that they really understand the audience and who they're speaking to and what our culture is. So I think that, you know, if they showed up and went to a meeting and said, oh my gosh, I really, you know, appreciate and value the community and their culture and, and then wanted to have a conversation with me and get to know me. It's just all in, I think, the spirit of how they're approaching me. I really, had, go ahead. Go I mean, ahead. to go answer your other question in terms of horror stories, like I have oh, had know, people- Hang on, hold that for a second. I just want to kind of piggyback on what we were just talking about first then. Yeah, but sure. hang on to the horror story. That's going to be good. So uh, what I love to you were just saying is not just reaching out the spirit of giving, but you mentioned something else. And I don't want to come off that topic yet uh, until we dive into it. It wasn't just giving, right? It was like, hey, how can I support you? And I love, I, I think that's a great way. You know, one of my favorite ways people, I get pitched from PR uh, agencies all the time and individual people to come on the podcast or come speak. And I know you get pitches as well for speaking on stage and whatnot. And one of the things that always gets me to stop and go, oh, this might work is when someone leads with, hey, I'm loving your podcast. And, and then they talk about maybe, you know, um, I would love to help share your show. Um, I would love to share your audience, your, your show with my listeners. Um, you know, I have a pretty big following on Instagram. This is what I do, but it's like, they're leading with, Hey, I want to help you distribute your show more. Or when I'm running seminars and I've had people reach out and say something to that effect of, Hey, I love this concept for your seminar. We don't know each other yet, but I'd love to see if I can help you sell some more tickets, or I'd love to see if I can get, you know, can I get you in front of my audience to see if we can promote your seminar? Who's going to say, like, that's I'm going to reply. That's an, that's an odd, that's if, if they're engaged and they have a good topic, that would be an automatic invitation from me. Did you guys all hear that? Ladies, gentlemen, do you hear what Jen's saying? If you reach out and say, Hey, I know you have this event coming up. I'd love to help promote it. Or I'd love to put you, I'd love to talk about you on social, my social media and see if we can get more people to your event. I want to help you promote at the very minimum, uh, in the sea of pitches of people saying, hi, my name's this, and this is what I do, and I want to get booked, and you should book me, that's going to stick out and demand at least a reply. I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to see it, because some people still, it's like still spam in there somewhere, but some people, I'm like, wait, hang on a second, this could be an opportunity. So you know, if you love, if you love to speak, Matt, what would be even better instead of sending an email, like pop on and do a quick little video and send it through Whoa. social media, you know, like just say, Hey, you know, and then like, let me get a sense of like really the, the genuineness of that. Like, that's so powerful when you actually get, if I got to actually hear somebody verbally say that versus an email, that would be really powerful. And I would say the number of people that have approached me in that way, less than a handful. 
I, I can think of in 250 episodes of, of my other show, The Driven Entrepreneur on 16 AM FM stations, I get pitched a lot. I can tell you that I've literally been pitched that way one time and she got booked. Her name was Chris Ward. I still remember. And I don't know how big of a following she had and I didn't care, but she exactly. sent an email and here's what happened. There was a little video and the video said, hey, Matt, I'm a big fan of The Driven Entrepreneur. I was just listening to this episode with this person. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I was thinking, you know, one of the things that I teach is this, and I think it might be a good conversation. Let me know what you think. And I was like, wow, now here's the cool thing. That was still templated. I know Chris Ward was probably sitting in her office and recording 30 of those in a row, right? But what stuck out to me is that she did the work. You know, she did the work and she was willing to roll up her sleeves and take what could have been a random, cold, uh, boring template. And she actually customized it and she did the research. And she, even if she didn't listen to 15 shows, right, she went to my podcast. She went and found an episode. She listened to some of it at the very minimum. And that speaks volumes. I was just in a room. I was telling you last night with Lewis Howes from School of Greatness, and we were having a chat for a nice a good hour or so on a panel talking about how to get better speakers and guests uh, booked. And, you know, whether it's podcasting or, or platforms or stages, it's all in a way the stage, right? But what was so fascinating to hear from Lewis is that 300 million downloads later, eight years, School of Greatness, one of the biggest shows he's had. I mean, everybody from Kobe to like, you name it, they've been on his show, Kevin Hart. And he says, like, at his level, he was still going, when I go to pitch a publicist or an agent for one of these bigger names, he's like, I roll up my sleeves and do the work. And I go find out, I go search for them, I go find out what they're interested in, I find out what's happening, I, I see when they have a book coming out. And then he says, I'll reach out and say, hey, I know, so and so has a book coming out. And we have this platform, I'd love to put them on, I love to help sell books. And it's like, he said, that's what's getting people coming back. So it's the value, but being able to work hard. Um, and it's just such an appreciated thing. Did you say that Chris Ward um, did a video? The one she did person? a video. Right. So one I've, person I've, did an email video. Yeah. I've had yet. So I was saying I had less than a handful. I would say people that have approached me with that, where they got an, like, would it, they got an automatic invitation because they approached me in that real spirit of like collaboration and giving and helping. Um, I've, I haven't yet to have anybody do a video, which I think, you know, I, I mean, it's a, such a great tool and it's so powerful that that I love that what you just shared. That's a great example. Yeah, and like, would you feel, I would feel special. I mean, I couldn't yeah. help it. I'm like, I know, I know that she's doing this as a strategy. Right. And right. that did not change the heart of it because I was like, this person cared enough and worked hard enough to do this. That's pretty cool. There's a, um, there's like a little thing called boom, boom right now that is out that I've had two people that have reached out to me and left me a video message through that service. Um, and it was different. Like they, it was definitely a templated thing and I know they're doing it, but they did take the time and it was personalized to me. And it was, you know, for networking and making connections. And I thought that was really awesome. And so I it stand that. out as something different, you know, I guess start doing that. Maybe we should start teaching that too in 10 X to like, mm -hmm. so, so you find someone on Facebook right. um, and that's something that I really enjoy too, is like, instead of just emailing or, or something, find out the platform where they spend the most time or where they really dig in yeah. and then go find that person on the platform. So you find, you know, Jen Koffel, CEO of Engaging Speakers, and you go, okay, is she active on LinkedIn? Is she active on Instagram? Is she active on Facebook? Mm -hmm. And you find that, okay, well, most of it's like a Facebook oriented. And so it's like, go in, add as a friend, go follow the posts, go like some stuff, go comment on things, you know, like get kind of in the zone of a supportive person. Hey, happy birthday. 
oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I love this announcement you just made, you know, and don't fake it, like be a regular person and then go send a messenger. But Jen, what, what would you, th- I'm just thinking this off the top of my head, but w- what if we like, because in messenger, you can hit the photo button and you can attach a photo. What if a you video. literally did like a 10 second video, right? You, you can. And so I've had clients. That's brilliant. I've had lots of clients recommend me, like there's all these different entrepreneurial groups and they'll recommend me for business coaching. Um, you know, they'll just do a little comment. Somebody's looking, oh, I'm looking for a business coach. I'm looking for this or that. And they'll, my name in there is a recommendation. Sure. And then I'll go into messenger and do a really quick, you know, I can do a little post, but then I'll do a really quick little video message to them. Like, you know, Hey, my client, my past client, so-and-so or my current client, so-and-so, you know, made a recommendation. It was really nice. I'd love to connect with you. I'm gonna leave my contact information below and, you know, just something real fast, but different, right? Like you stand out differently and they got to get a feel for you as opposed to just a picture of you and read your profile and, you know, but that extra effort. That is, I've, I've never thought of that and I don't know why. That's incredible. Thank you, Jen. That's the value bomb of today. I hope you've been listening in as far as you have. Obviously you would, otherwise you didn't even hear me say that. But again, we're talking with Jen Koffel, speaking of getting booked, CEO of Engaging Speakers um, and so much more than that. Hey, Jen, I want to circle back to the horror stories. So this is hopefully lighthearted and fun, but what are some mistakes to avoid? What are some anonymous horror stories that you've had, your worst pitches, your worst networking encounters, anything stick out uh, that we should make sure we never do? Well, I think one pet peeve for me is don't, is if you get hyped, if you get booked to speak on a platform in someone's group or their organization, it's a two hour meeting or a 90 minute meeting, participate in the whole meeting. You know, don't just come in and do your, your talking piece and then leave. It, it feels that is a definite taker mentality. And that doesn't feel very good um, to the community or to me in terms of like giving them the stage. So I think that is one of the things that bothers me. Also, like if a speaker doesn't show up on time, you know, here you are, you know, opening up the meeting, starting to, you know, get everybody ready. And then your speaker's not in the room and you're wondering where are they, then you're trying to text them. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, are they not showing up? What's the backup plan? Like all these things are going in my mind as I'm trying to, you know, that's not, fortunately not happened very often, but when it does, that's a big problem. So wow, wow, wow. Definitely be on time. How much fun is that? You're trying to be, you're trying to start the meeting and start the stage and the person's not there. And the funny thing, I've had that happen to me as a speaker a couple of times, right? Like, and this is over a 15 year span where something happens, a plane is late or blah, 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 whatever it is, right? I'm on the way. And one of the challenges is, let's just talk about promoters. If you run events and you're a speaker, make sure that the speaker, make it easy for them to communicate because you're, sometimes you're hurting cats and you got all these different personality types. And some speakers are very organized. Um, I had a a well-known speaker, I'm not gonna say who it was, uh, but you would definitely know him. And he has worked with the biggest names out there. And it was about five years ago, I booked him to speak at a business conference. And we booked him probably like four or five months ago. And it was a real simple thing. It was like, he waived his speaking fee. We knew each other, but he's, you know, he, he asked if we would cover the expense to fly out because he was just coming in and he gave a nice free gift, a lot of value, didn't sell anything. So I was really happy to do that for him. But what was so weird is every person has a different level of expectation for communication. So realize that speakers and promoters have different personal expectations on how you'll communicate. So for me, it was about a month or three weeks before the event, which to me, it was like, hey, we booked, we confirmed, we're all good four months ago. And then 
leading up to the event about three, four weeks before we reached out and said, Hey, we just want to check in and see if you have any questions and go through. And the reply was astounding. He was angry. And he said, I can't believe that I, am I still coming to this? I haven't heard anything from you. So his expectation of communication was we would have had a lot more, obviously. Now that's just wasn't my style. I had 15 other speakers booked to the same conference. Everybody was happy with it, but he came anyway, but he was very like, uh, offended by it. And it just struck me as, wow, that was interesting. So two things came to me from that one set expectations of communication up front and give people easy methods to communicate. Right? So if I'm a speaker, um, I learned this from the TV world, Jen, I always, I don't give my cell phone out to the entire world, but I always put it in my email to a, a platform or to a TV station producer, I always give my cell phone number. I go, Matt Browning, sell. And then I put my cell phone number. And I'll tell you, the producers feel so much safer because especially when someone's coming from out of town, you know, then they're like, oh, I can just double check and they can just send a text or call. Hey, are you still on for tomorrow morning? Yep, absolutely. Board in the plane right now. Oh, good. And then one of the things I do is I, I text them when I get on the ground, I send a quick text message whenever. And I say real simple, I go, Hey, Jen, it's Matt Browning. I'm on the ground in Houston, excited to see you tomorrow morning. Yep. You know? And perfect. it just, it's like, ah, because the meeting planner is not wondering, you know, or in my case, I know totally what you mean. And so you're not wondering, did they make it? Are they going to be here? You know, all that stuff. And you got a lot of things on your plate when you're doing live events. Can you over communicate if you're a speaker to the promoter, I guess, in, no, in the way think, that we're talking about? No, I think that, you know, it's really great to be asking questions and really be more in control of that. I can't tell you how many times speakers don't ask any questions, like a great question that you should ask. And I always ask um, when I'm invited to speak is I'll ask the person that booked me, you know, so at the end of me speaking, what would you really like your audience to have said, or what would you really like the audience to, to say about you know, me, me, you know, being here and sharing, it, it tells you all kinds of things about what they're really looking for. To your point, like, are they looking for, when you ask me, what would be the things that are most important to me? It's value and being an engaging speaker. But for other people, I get different answers. Like, what do they really, and it kind of gives you an insight into like, what do they value? You know, what are they desiring? I think also um, some speakers, I mean, in our community, like I would prefer that speakers don't swear when they're speaking on my stage and talking to my community and some places and platforms that's no problem and people don't mind but I think it's also checking in if that's part of your speaking style and and you do swear in your talk maybe just run that by the meeting planner is that is that something that you're okay with and some of people might be oh of course you know we you know that's just part of their culture and they do but in my culture like I would prefer that I mean I don't, I don't have a problem with with it like personally, but like in the professional on the stage in my community, I would prefer that the speakers not swear. Yeah. Well, you, you want to make a distinction about that. Same as on a podcast, right? It's like my podcasts are both family friendly, so we don't swear. And it's, again, it's not a, it's not a judgment. It's not exactly. a, what it is, is it's deciding which category I want to be in. And listen, if we're going to have an explicit podcast, for instance, I need to put explicit on it. And that's a real thing. You know, some, some entrepreneur mom or dad is driving in the car with their seven-year-old son trying to get, you know, an entrepreneur fix or learn how to speak. And all of a sudden they get these F-bombs going. It's like, they're done. They're shutting off the show. Yeah. So yeah, definitely asking that. Anything else just on, on that topic? Um, 
that would be useful to have speakers ask and find out or be curious about that, that just comes to mind that maybe they don't often do? Well, I think some of the other things is making sure, you know, if they're going to share a PowerPoint, you know, or if, if their thoughts are they're going to share a PowerPoint, or they're not going to like communicating that because then, you know, if, if we're online, we need to give them control, you know, of the, you know, ability to share their screen. If they're in person, want to make sure that we have a backup plan for their PowerPoint and make sure we have the connections and what they want to, for the projector. There's all those just like technology things that, you know, as a backup plan that they have communicated their needs. I mean, some meeting planners are, are great about asking that, but some are not. So, you know, as a speaker, you want to be thoughtful about making sure that what you would like to have happen and like for your ideal talk. So it is super engaging and bringing great value is that you're able to deliver it the way you plan to deliver it. And if you can't, that you have your own backup plan <laughs> so that you can, you know, still do a great job because there will be scenarios where it's not what you thought it's going to be. And maybe what you envision isn't, the room's not going to make, it's not going to work or, you know, and also asking how many people are going to be there, you know, on average, you know, so you have a sense of, you know, if you're bringing materials or, you know, if you, if you have things that you want to give away um, that, maybe you need a no account, you know, like being just mindful of that. That's actually a really good point too, is I, I think if I look in the past when I was a, a newer slash younger speaker, um, asking how many people were in the room was a little bit like how big is your list or, you know, it, it felt a little personal and I didn't want to come off like offensive, like, well, how many people are going to be there? You know, cause if there's enough, then I'll come, um, realize it is totally okay to do that. Oh yeah. And I always ask it a little soft, like, Hey Jen, how many people do are you expecting? How many, how many do you suppose, or what range of people are going to be there? Cause the truth is every promoter, they, it's our best guess. We're right. trying hard. We're promoting part of promoting is having you there as well. Um, and if we're shooting for a certain number and then when you get closer, here's the thing to do always check in like a week before and say, Hey, how's the attendance looking just so I can be prepared with material. And again, it doesn't sound like you're being pushy or judgmental or anything, but it is nice to know. And yep. I did that one time with really good friends of mine. We've spoken on each other's stages many, many times. And one time I was about to hop on a plane and fly out to another state to their event. And I just was like, hey, how are things looking for the event? You know, a couple of days away. And the reply back was astonishing. It wasn't what I expected because they're they're so good and they always have great rooms. But this particular day, they had a lot of trouble getting people to commit to come to this particular event. Um, and they were like, Matt, honestly, we have like 12 people signed up and we were expecting 80. Um, so just so you know, like if you still want to come, we of course love to have you, but don't feel obligated. It is okay. And it was so kind that they understood from speaker to speaker that I might not want to leave my family for two and a half days, fly across the country, get a hotel, to get in front and look, every person's important, but the monetary lead generation sales generation prospect of 11 people in a room um, just might not weigh the the risk. Um, last couple of questions, Jen, I know we, we got to start winding down here because it's just so good. And I know we have things to do. Um, you and I uh, talk a lot, of course, about how to get booked and getting getting booked up on stage. You have an incredible freebie that I think everybody should grab a hold of called Nine Ways to Find and Book Speaking Opportunities. These are nine individual different ways. You don't need to use them all, but if you just one of them, 
piques your interest, gives you a new strategy. Can you tell me a little bit about um, maybe one of your favorite of the nine ways to book speaking opportunities and then where we can find it? Absolutely. So you can go to engagingspeakers.com on the homepage and uh, just click on uh, nine ways. There's a little icon there. Um, I love that tool because there's lots of creative things that maybe you haven't heard of that are powerful ways. And so one of those is like, if you have a book, kind of what you were talking about before, like mailing out that book to a place that you would like to speak and sending it to the meeting planner and even sending two, um, one, one book that would be for them and one they can give away. Um, but just looking at it from a, um, a standpoint of, you know, giving value and really looking to be a go-giver and you know, you, I'm not going to give it all away. There's more to the details around how to do that. Um, and just because I know we're running out of time, but um, I, I think that that um, was, was just one kind of lines up with the other things that we've been talking about in terms of just looking at ways that you can collaborate and give. And even when you're looking, you know, at if many speakers and people that have businesses that want to use speaking to grow their business have written a book. And so that is a great way to leverage your book to book more. I love speaking. that. So use your book as a gift, lead with that, and that starts a conversation. Could yeah. you just uh, a quick little tip on like, when you send a book, is it, hey, here's my, because I feel like, I always felt like it would be too self-promotional, but what's the vibe and how do you get that across of, hey, this is me trying to bring value for you? Like you well, get- if, Yeah, to that point, yeah. like if you know that I have, you know, an organization that, you know, is full of entrepreneurs that are interested in speaking to them or business and you have a topic and your book is on a topic, you know, that could be as simple as that. Like I know that you have, you know, that you have a community of entrepreneurs and I wrote this book. I thought it could be a value content wise for you personally, you might find interested in it. And maybe there's a certain chapter or a certain, you know, um, something that you making the connection to. So if there's a chapter, maybe you might put like a post-it note in there. Um, maybe you um, also consider signing the inside cover, like, so you're personalizing it to them. Um, in a, in a, in just, again, it's not leading with, and I'd love to speak, you know, have the opportunity to speak at your, you know, in front of one of your, at one of your events. I think it would be, you know, I love what you're doing. I love the culture you're creating. I thought this could be a value with, to you. And if you'd like to have a conversation and get to know each other better, you know, just start that just kind of like on social media, you're reaching out to somebody cold, just start the conversation. Really, really good. Love that. And again, you're just, you're leading with value. You're leading with kindness. You're leading with relevancy. You're giving something that's outstanding. So guys, you can grab the nine ways to get uh, more stages and get booked on more stages at engagingspeakers.com. It's the homepage for the engaging speakers website while you're there and just scroll down and boom, it's right there. It's free. Put in your name and everything. Um, And then while you're there, check out I think this is really interesting too, Jen. Check out the way Jen has the entire organization set up. You have chapters, you have you can join as a member as well, which is phenomenal. Um, and uh, all during the downtime of 2020 and beyond, um, they've been doing virtual events, are gonna be doing live events, of course, as well, um, as long as it's always safe uh, to do that. So check that out and consider joining, especially as a virtual, no matter where you are in the world, because when you join as a member, you get certain perks, you know, you're able to show up to the meetings, you're able to network and, and meet some of these people. And sometimes it's, you know, a speaker comes to your one of your events, Jen, and that's how we met, actually. And yeah. I think we should, we're going to share a little more of that on the Driven Entrepreneur when we have you on the other show. And we're going to share a little bit of our, our uh, friendship story and our business partner story. But we met because a speaker friend 
introduced us and said Matt could speak basically at engaging speakers, might be a good fit. And then we started talking. And then we met at E Women when we you spoke there, and then I spoke there the next month. So there's something to like being part of these groups and yeah. meeting and connecting with the speakers, and then you can do things with them down the road. A lot I of speakers have platforms as well. You can be very intentional about using that. Like I, the best strategies that I, or the best I would recommend is get referrals. Um, so I love getting a referral from somebody like what that we just mentioned. One of my engaged speakers members referred you. I love referrals because then I know that person said this person is engaging. They do have good content. And that's one of the keys. If you could get somebody to refer you to a meeting planner, when you think about this topic of getting booked to speak, definitely, you know, find out who does that person know? And do you know somebody they know that they could get a, you can get a warm referral. Loving them. it. Loving it. Well, Jen Koffler, everyone, I'm going to let you get going. My, my nine-year-old Val just walked in from a swim lesson and we're going to have a little chill time uh, before the next interview. So it was awesome to see you as always, you know, that, um, how much I appreciate you. I care about you. Um, I love you. You're an awesome human being and a phenomenal female entrepreneur out there just crushing it in the world. Uh, engagingspeakers.com. Follow Jen at Facebook, Jen Koffel and Facebook Engaging Speakers. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. All right. That's it for the show today. Hey, get out there and get booked. That's all I got to say to you. Get booked, do the work, roll up your sleeves, listen to what Jen and these other amazing people are saying on this show. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we're in season two right now. You can jump back to season one. We have 13 episodes in archive in season one. They're all free. You can grab them. Every one of them, we're interviewing another meeting planner, seminar leader, chapter president, association chair, someone who runs events and book speakers and getting their insight. So if you're loving this, give us a quick thumbs up. The way you do that is hit a five-star rating or however many stars make sense for you, but hit the rating, leave a review that helps the podcast a ton. And most importantly, share it with a friend, share it with another speaker friend. If it's valuable to you, it'd be valuable to them. I'll see you next week with another awesome speaking of getting booked all right bye-bye